not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. So while it's good to talk about serious things, it's just as important and just as American to have some fun. Now, let's have some fun. Welcome back, everybody, to Leaning Middle, where we try to explore uh, different points of view and find the middle ground. And today we are going to talk about what exactly the Democrats got wrong in the 2020 election. And uh, there's quite a bit to choose from, depending on who you listen to um, or if you just kind of study it. So I am Brian. And I am Eric. And if... uh you have any anxiety about Joe Biden being elected uh, president, feel okay, because if the Democrats don't get their stuff together over the next four years, you won't have to worry about another administration for any time soon. (laughs) So I don't even know where to start, because you could look at this and go, this this, uh, campaign was so much closer on the presidential race. We mm-hmm. didn't win the, the or the Democrats didn't win the Senate like they thought they would. And there's quite a few local uh, and state level um, uh, races that were either closer or overturned. So flipped. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Where do you where do you want to dig in? I think, yeah, it is. I think that's the overarching looking at the 30,000 foot view of like, my gosh, you know, As of November 1st, Joe Biden was going to win by, you know, six or seven percentage points on the national vote. It was going to be a landslide victory that we were going to know on election night. The Democrats would retake the Senate. They would keep their majority in the House, if not increase that majority. And I mean, very quickly, it was obvious that that was not the case. The uh, the Republicans held a handful of contested Senate races that people thought were going to be a lot closer when they got blown out. I mean, Lindsey Graham, Mitch McConnell, uh, Susan Collins, all were supposed to lose their race. They ultimately all won their race by at least 10 points, which is enormous. Um, then the Democrats were supposed to retake the House and... I'm sorry, keep control of the House and increase their margin. They actually lost. And then so right right there, you have the Senate breaking down and flipping to the total opposite result that they were expecting. Now, in order to take control of the chamber, they're going to need to win two very, very hard fault races in Georgia, which is a state that we've seen can turn blue. But can it turn blue for the president and then two senators at the same time? It'll be very, very difficult for them to pull off. And then... um, yeah, obviously people thought Biden was going to had a potential to win states like Texas, um, Florida, North Carolina. You know, they thought the leads in Michigan and Wisconsin would be double digits, but they're less than a percentage point in most cases. So yeah. it was clear that the Democrats went into this thinking that they did enough. Obviously, the pollsters agreed with them and then got completely humbled by the American population. Well, I think the a lot of it comes down to the Democrats, in my opinion, got a little too comfortable with the idea or the notion that people were going to vote against Trump because they yep. didn't like Trump. 
Well, don't don't get it wrong. I will say the one reason he won this election, I th- I'm pretty sure I said it in the last episode, uh, not the last, but the one that we recorded about him winning. Um, the one reason Joe Biden is president is because enough people hate Donald Trump. It is sure. not because uh, it is definitely not because the Democrats ran a better campaign, I'd say. Right. But I don't think that uh, it was as significant as what what they thought. I think here's what I, I think that comes down to. I think a lot of people looked at um, voted because they didn't like Trump. Here's where I think the Democrats counted a little bit more on, but but kind of missed the mark a little bit as well, uh-huh. was that they thought that people would be more upset about the social injustices and the systemic racism and um, the COVID and, and all of those things. And I think they missed the mark there. I think they felt like more people would be in their line of thinking that these progressive um, issues are going to be the, the issues that, that turn, the, turn the election. And, and for a lot of people, it came down to really one issue. And we've talked about this, where a lot of times people vote on one issue. I mm-hmm. think the economy... It was until until right before the the uh, COVID and everything else was going strong. If if COVID had never hit, yeah. I think you would be talking about Trump being president again because very Trump's, easily for Trump's at least economy, one more term. Gosh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> tr- <laughs> depending on how long it took him to change the laws, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> Trump's economy was enough to carry him through. Now, yes, I don't know if I this agree. got closer in the end because of trump's ground game because mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. you know as irresponsible as some some may think it is to have that many people into one confined area during a global pandemic and possibly creating super spreader situations i don't think that was enough to to keep people from voting for him i i really think that the democrats missed the mark on why people were really voting because they never attacked the economy. I also have heard um, a lot of, you know, I have a lot of friends who work within the Democratic establishment and who have were working on Biden's campaign say that they knew what they were doing wasn't enough, but they agreed as, you know, the Democratic National Committee agreed as an organization that it's like, we're going to do this ethically, we're going to do this morally. Like, we're not going to put people at risk in our campaigning. And that was, you know, a big moratorium on, like, block walking and door knocking and traditional things or even just widespread rallies. And, uh, yeah. you know, Biden, he get, you're right. Like, the perception of it hurt because that's where the whole idea of Joe's hiding in his basement or he has dementia or he is not well or he can't perform was coming from was the idea that they opted for more virtual events to protect people. But ultimately, that came very close to costing them the election. But more importantly, I'd say that that was the case until you look down ballot and you start to see the reality is a lot of people voted for Joe Biden for president and then Republican the rest of the ticket, or at least split ticket this race. Yeah, And I, that I would, is very interesting. I would, I would garner, I don't know because I'm, I don't look over people's shoulders. I'm not a rubbernecker or anything like yeah. that during voting, but I would imagine that there was less straight ballot voting this year than yeah. in past I think so. I think so, especially for those um, 
who are Republicans or independents or just moderate Democrats is they immediately saw, okay, you know, (laughs) I'm done with Trump, but um, like West Texas, you know, Trump actually came to a closer margin than he ever has before in Lubbock. But, you know, our congressional race was blown out of the water. It was, it was like a 2080 split versus I think a 6040 split. So the, uh, the down ballot people are outperforming the president by, you know, enormous margins. And that's yeah. kind of this, that's the same across many states. I think just many battleground states besides Iowa, where the president outperformed the incumbent senator there. Yeah. So I guess my question is, you know, both sides had good coalitions. Uh, you had mm-hmm. Trump who had all of the um, established politicians in there backing him and all the high-ranking uh, politicians backing him. Every single, I mean, it's what, like 97% of all Republicans, elected officials were backing Trump. Yeah, um, exactly. It was very high. But on Biden's side, you had Pete, you had Amy, you had Elizabeth, you had Bernie, you had all these guys come together and really in the name of just beat Trump. You also had a lot higher percentage of Republicans crossing the lines this election than in years past. That's true. Even with the 97% of elected officials, it's all of the ex-elected officials who didn't have much to lose were getting um, very testy. And then by the end, most of them actually did turn against um, Trump. You know, you had the Lincoln Project who kind of came out early, but then I think what it was in October – all the ex-national security advisors signed an open letter endorsing Biden. So it was it was interesting seeing that so, happening because that would ex- you'd expect that that would be reflected on a broad scale of the nation. Well, could that be part of the reason you had this unrealistic expectation? I think Is so. The, the amount of, of Republicans that were coming out? It was that and... I think what you nailed with like we were talking about social justice movements and stuff is that did not produce the desired effect that the Democrats thought it would have is they really thought, okay, this is going to be a really big deal for our voting base. They're going to want to be able to, um, you know, make sure that these problems are solved. And like you said, you know, we found out very quickly wow, the economy is a much, much bigger deal than, um, you know, these social justice movements is everybody's concerned about themselves and their own family right now. And the Democrats, once again, decided this race to center it a lot around, you know, the themes of unity, but also the themes of progress and social progress, rather than just reaching out to, you know, the everyday American who is much more concerned about what's happening in their small town. You know, we talked, uh, last week about what Biden was hoping to do with his uh, economic revival plan, which is bring more manufacturing jobs to small town America. But I mean, most people hadn't heard that, but they all knew that he supported Black Lives Matter and things, you know, social justice movements. So it it was weird and messaging. They keep it very top level and that is not playing out well for them. Right. Well, so why did Biden almost turn Texas blue and some of these other states blue, like Georgia and Arizona, which have, have typically been Republican strongholds? 
what was it that that really happened in those states that kind of gave these guys that that hope? And, and I'm going somewhere. Once I get your answer, then I'm going to go. I've got a follow up <laughs> question. So there is a few things happening in these battleground states. We'll use Texas as an example. Is there is uh, migration? You know, there's a lot of people moving to Texas who lived in other parts of the country, specifically. California and more liberal strongholds because that cost of living is so low. But then you look at the um, local activation efforts. You know, Georgia was a huge, huge success from, you know, Stacey Abrams and local activists who did so much voter registration and so much voter um, education that it, you know, resulted in. <laughs> events that nobody really saw coming. You know, Stacey Abrams and her, her organization registered over 800,000 people to vote in the state of Georgia, which, I mean, wow. like, you look at the margins of that, and let's just say a third, a quarter of those people voted. That's what helped Joe Biden win, you know, those first-time voters. But then you look at Texas, and we can talk about a failure, which is the Democrats said, ooh, this is turning blue. This is turning blue. This is good. And they took one major demographic for um, granted, as they have in many elections past. And that is the Latinx community, is they thought Trump's rhetoric around immigration, Trump's rhetoric around countries and um, like Mexico or where people are actually coming in and migrating from in mass would turn them off. And they kind of took that for granted and said there's no way that this, you know, population of voters would vote for this guy and they did exactly that and shocked them yeah and i i think you know we talked about this in one of our either we talked about it in one of our phone calls or we talked about it in one of our episodes but we talked about the fact that trump did a really good job of portraying that socialist movement and for a lot of these um these immigrants and the latinx uh community it is um very scary to consider going either back to or their them or their parents had migrated from a socialist country and i think that really moved the needle in that particular demographic of this this election because i think if if i had to point to one thing that i would say the democrats got wrong i would point to to exactly that i would point yeah. to the misreading of the minority uh, population as far as the Latin population goes. I, I, I think they misjudged the black turnout a little bit, but it also not near as bad as they did the, the Latin turnout. No, exactly. And you hit a great point of, especially in Florida, we saw that threat of socialism be exactly what turned the tide for Trump because you really look at Florida and where the Democrats needed to perform at least as good as they did and outperform what they did in 2016 by a small margin was Miami-Dade County, which is made up by a huge population of Latinx individuals as well as Cuban um, immigrants. So the socialism message resonated in a way that it didn't in other areas, you know, like it might have in Georgia or something or Pennsylvania per se, because you had this high percentage of people who escaped, you know, what is claiming to be a socialist country when really it's just an authoritarian dictatorship. Um, so it really has nothing to do with socialism, but 
besides the point, enough people were like, ooh, you know, heard that word before, not messing around with that. You know, people claimed it was going to be great the first time around. And uh, that's where they reacted to it. But then you start to look at Texas and you say, okay, this is mainly people from Mexico. Um, Sure, you know, there is a population of Central Americans where there has been some and South Americans. Uh, immigrants who you know experienced some something that was branded as socialism and uh but then you have to ask okay why did you know the latinx vote embrace donald trump in a state like texas i i will be honest with you my headphones just went out for pretty much everything you just said (laughs) oh okay well it just kind of posed the main question of why do you think um in a state like Texas, where most immigrants don't have firsthand experience with something as branded as socialist, why do you think they turned out in favor of the president rather than Joe Biden? You know, I I think it comes down to um, fear. And and that is, uh, I think that when you have a population that is of a more blue collar population <laughs> falling in line with Trump because of, of his aggressive approach because of his bucking the system and him constantly touting how he is going against the system and how he is, um, you know, it's almost like if you listen to Trump, he, he is orchestrating his own one man revolution. And I yeah. think that that kind of, kind of, hits it with some of the Latinx community and some of the more blue collar uh, communities, because these people feel like they are the minority and they feel like they Mm -hmm. have not been listened to and they feel like the Mm -hmm. establishment and the system is against them. And for someone who comes in and says, I'm trying to, I'm doing this, even though they hate me, even though they don't like me, yeah. even though they're fighting me tooth and nail on this, I'm getting it done. Well, that's, that's a yeah. And then you got mm-hmm. the, the flip side of that. Someone going, I've been doing this for 47 years. I'm, you know, Joe Biden, Joe Biden is the epitome of the system. And so, yeah, I think Absolutely. that's kind of where, they went or they, they miscalculated on, on those particular demographics because I don't think, even though Joe could talk a good game, he never could quite um, connect, in my opinion, with, with them. And, and he talks about being from Scranton and he talks about, um, you know, his middle class upbringing and, and, you know, his dad losing his job and, and all those things. And those are things that those guys can relate with. But Trump did a better job than Biden did on connecting at that level. And I mean, like it or not, he was almost reassuring to them that, that he is going to fight for them and he is going to make changes and, and he's trying to, you know, buck the system. There's a lot of people that, in my opinion, voted for Trump just because he is bucking the system and they want that revolt. I I don't think they want 
um, pure overthrowing the government. I mean, there's a, a small percentage of the community yeah. uh, that, that would want that. But I think, I think a lot of people register with Trump because of his rhetoric and because of his approach. And, um, you know, that's the whole reason that, that he was really elected in 2016 was, I'm, you know, and he says it all the time in his political statements. I don't sound like a politician because I'm not a politician. And there's a lot of people that are afraid of going back mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, um, you know, going back to a system that has typically and historically been stacked against you. Not appealing. Absolutely. And I think you hit the mo- one of the most important parts um, on the head there, which is this idea that Trump appealed to them at a base message. He didn't appeal to them at a message that was filtered through a Hispanic lens or a Latinx lens, or it wasn't like he had George Lopez as a spokesperson. And I think that's where the Democrats fail is attracting minority communities is they treat them like minority communities. Yeah rather than treating them as just regular Americans who have regular American problems that can be solved, you know, not with, oh, we need to look at this through, you know, a a Latinx lens and see what appeals to them and use this data instead of just saying like, hey, you're part of this country too. You're struggling just as bad as some white Americans. Let's all work together on it. And while I don't think the Democrats were necessarily tokenizing you know or taking that vote for granted i think they just totally misread on what message resonates most and i think a lot of the minority populations are tired of being looked at as something that's taken for granted or used as a as a wholesale bargaining chip yeah you know that oh the black community will vote democrat or the hispanic uh latinx community will vote democrat we don't need to worry about them and it's why you know eventually people start to say like, well, you do because uh, I'm tired of being, you know, not worried about. And Trump said, I'm here for you. And even if his messaging was a little mixed, he was consistently relaying that message time and time again. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think, you know, to kind of take your, your uh, points and and kind of move them around just a little bit. I think one of the biggest Uh things that, that uh, caused the Democrats to miss on here is their number one, their miss interpretation of the latinx community and then it's Mm -hmm. also their lack of ability to sustain the attacks and and what i mean by that is trump in in if like him or hate him the one thing you can say about the guy Mm -hmm. is he's a fighter and he's not gonna he's a street fighter he is not gonna fight clean Mm -hmm. if he has to fight dirty he will fight dirty if he can win it clean he'll win it clean but he, from day yeah. one in 2016, he was throwing out names and he was throwing out um, yep. all these different um, attacks and everything. And what he does is he throws one out until he either finds one that gets underneath your skin or he finds one that sticks for other people to attack you with. And then he kind of lets it go and lets, the, yes. lets everybody else attack you and everything else. So I think the Democrats couldn't play that game with him they tried to get a lot of things to stick against him and they couldn't now on the flip side i think one of the things that that hurt trump was he never could quite find anything that stuck to biden either and and here's the problem that i think happened 
And that is neither side pulled away from the mudslinging and talked really about the issues. And, yeah. and I think that's part of where, where they went wrong. I think that the Democrats got a little overconfident with the COVID situation for the um, against Trump and the rhetoric of him not doing anything and, and all that. I think he I think the Democrats misjudged the importance of COVID, although for a lot of people, it is extremely important and maybe the number one reason. Well, they did it. Like you said, it's it's either one or two, and I think they all. I mean, you can even just look at the Biden campaign. It was very clearly focused around how are we going to fight COVID. We're going to bring science back into the equation. It was not as clear and strong of messaging of how are we going to recover mm-hmm. from COVID, which is the exact thing that they misfired on. Is they went after the health perspective rather than the economic perspective as the primary well, message. In- Biden was constantly tweeting out, wear your mask, listen to science. When I'm president, it'll be about science. And I would say for every five tweets about the science and health aspects of COVID was one about, hey, this is what economic recovery is going to look like. This is why your family is going to be okay. Because I say more people are worried about going hungry or losing their job right now than they are dying of coronavirus, even as we enter the worst period we've seen. And I think to Trump's credit, he took that message and he left the fighting it. And he said, you know, we're going to get a, we're going to get a cure. We're going to get a vaccine and it's going to be here shortly. And to his credit, you know, we are very, very close to the timeframe that he said we would be at. Now here's where I think Trump got it right. As far as the campaigns go is he really just gave up on the fighting of COVID and focused on the the vaccine mm-hmm. and the treatments and everything else. The Democrats, to your point, they stayed on topic of, you know, he let us down. He didn't fight this thing right. And, and there's a lot of evidence that, that says that they are correct with that. But Trump's. Yeah, I think we can. <laughs> I think it's safe to say that they were not right, right with that at this point. But, but um, yeah, but I, I during the that. election. Trump's conversation and rhetoric was all about the V and the recovery and the economy and how it's coming back and how we have an explosive housing mm-hmm. market right now. The stock market is up, um, you know, all of these different things. Yes, we have a massive unemployment rate. Uh, yes, we have a humongous infection rate and our death tolls are going up mm-hmm. rapidly. But the one thing that Trump did talk about that I think really resonated with a lot of people, especially the people who lost their jobs or who live um, every single day trying to figure out how to pay rent or uh, am I going to have a job tomorrow? Am I going to get furloughed? Am I going to get fired? How is this going to work? I think what he did was he reassured Mm -hmm. them that we are on the path of economic recovery. And I think that's where the, the Democrats missed it, too. I, I, that's, that's very true. And as we're kind of coming into the, the, no, I mean, I agree with you fully on that uh, across the board is he was able to make people feel secure where it mattered most, even if it came out sideways and it was muddled with a lot of nonsense and incoherent conspiracy theories. It doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter. The noise at the end of the day only affects is only there to, hype up the ultra right or the ultra left 
the noise doesn't really resonate with the majority of the right. population. It's a one voting issue and Trump picked one side. It wasn't enough to do to overcome, you know, the boundaries that were put in place, but he got much closer than everybody thought he would. But I want to get your take on the counter argument to why the Democrats did as bad as they did. And that was because they weren't progressive enough. Ooh. I, I think because if you look at arguments, no, there is some there is some data points to line up with it that of everybody who endorsed um, Medicare for all and the Green New Deal all won re-election. Well, so here is here is my my take on that is it de- it depends on what you are lining up for. I think your Senate and your House. Um, and your state level, I think it's okay for them to, I think the progressive movement is a little bit there. I think people are going to be a little bit more conservative when it comes to the presidential side of it. Um, but considering they did, they won the presidency, but they lost down. Yeah, that's true. Dick. So would a more progressive approach down ballot have actually so, helped them? were they too scared to endorse these left ideas that appeal to a much broader voting base? Well, than they so think? here, here's my, my take on it. I think the Democrats got it right in this, this particular issue, because if you had gone much more progressive, you would have missed and lost the Republicans who voted with you just because they were, you were close enough, but they voted with you because they couldn't handle Trump anymore. I think if you went too much in the direction of a, a really progressive leaning um, ideology, I think you might have missed out on those Republicans that jumped ship just just because of Trump. Because I, I think you can you can make it right in your mind that I will support this guy because they're really not. I mean, yes, when it, when you break it down, it's yes, we need to do something for the climate. Yes, we need to do something yeah. for um, uh, Obamacare. Um, yes, we yeah. need to uh, clean up our infrastructure. Um, you know, the, the yes, we need to address the social systemic racism and everything else that and the justice system that that's stacked against um, the lower income demographic. I think those are easy enough to get behind because those are common sense for a lot of people. Now, when I say common sense for a lot of people, I don't mean it as in like, why doesn't everybody believe this? I I mean it as in it's understood that there are issues there. Now, how you address those issues is where you come down on one side or the other. And that that's where we need to get to the middle. But I think, that the reason that the Democrats got it right was they kept it just conservative enough for those people to feel comfortable to make that, that switch. Cause that has to be a hard switch for, for some people. I mean, it, it's not a switch that I made lightly as I really sat down and, and thought it out and um, you know, really kind of anguished over this, this deal because a lot of my principles are still conservative principles, but this particular yeah. president and and his administration pushed me more moderate and but i i wouldn't mm-hmm. say that i'm liberal i wouldn't say that i'm willing to 
um, you know, move in that direction. I feel like the mm-hmm. Biden was was probably the right choice for bringing our country more to a center-ish conversation. Um, and that's that's one of the reasons yeah. we started this podcast. But that that's my opinion. I mean, at the end of the day, the the issues that were really being addressed, I mean, you look at it and you go, I don't like the way Trump disregarded science. That's that was one of the big yeah. things for me is um you know the the whole thing now am i a yes i believe we need to make some changes in order to save our world but i'm not i am not a, a liberal or a progressive when it comes mm-hmm. to what uh that looks like i'm i'm a little bit more conservative i believe that there are steps we can take but we don't need to completely shift and shut down industries and we need free market um, uh, rule in that that particular area. And I believe that we don't need a bigger government. I believe that we need a more efficient, smaller government. And but what what Biden was talking about didn't make me feel like we were really bulking up our government either. So I think his his his. Uh, tone and what he was saying was just just enough for for people to feel comfortable to move in that direction yeah and i i honestly i posed the question because that's an argument both um aoc and bernie have made on twitter the last few days but honestly i i do agree with you i don't see um anybody uh flipping over if they went more progressive i think they had the progressive vote turnout just out of you know fear of donald trump um being reelected. i will say they're not going to earn that progressive vote as easily in the 2024 election let alone the 2022 midterms so it will be interesting to see how they balance that with the progressive wing of the party but ultimately i think i think like you said where all those reelections were won were in pretty blue leaning districts already. Yeah. Um, they weren't very vulnerable seats. So it's people who are already kind of in tune with the progressive movement, but uh, it'll be interesting to see the Democrats have a lot of introspection to do, especially if they end up losing control of the Senate. Um, you know, this Biden presidency will be summer summed up by one word, and that word is boring. <laughs> I, I think that that's a safe one. Now, uh, what I'll be interested to see is um, really what does the Democratic Party look like moving forward? Because I, I think this is going to have to really I know we kind of talked about what it it could look like moving forward if Biden wins. And that was under the assumption that you had the blue wave and, and you took the house and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I think what, what you're going to see now is there are some Democrats and the democratic party in general are really going to have to self-analyze. What, what is, where did, where did we get this wrong? I mean, maybe they should listen to this podcast. Um, but, uh, in my opinion, they are going to have to re strategize where they are right now and their path forward, because what we thought their path forward would be was really proven to be wrong with this election. Yep. So, agreed. um, well, that's all, uh, that's all I got on this one. And, uh, if you got anything else to add? 
No, no, I think I think we hit all the major points on the head. It'll be interesting to see yeah. how they evolve. I, I agree. Well, it doesn't matter if you're on the left or the right. Uh, always make sure that uh, you find that middle common ground. And if you like uh, what you heard and want to share it with uh, those around you to help them get to the middle ground, please like us on any platform that you listen to and find us on Twitter and Facebook.